The following program was produced by Community Producer. The content, views, and opinions expressed are the sole responsibility of the Community Producer and do not reflect Malden Access Television, the City of Malden, or your cable provider. MATV welcomes your comments. Call us at 781-321-6400 or email us at access at matv.org. think he has a cab business anymore, does he? Hello and welcome to Malden Old 2148. I'm your guest host this evening, Ed Lucy, and I have as my guest, uh, Greg Lucy, the city clerk of Malden. Correct. You know, I've been thinking about that title, city clerk. You know, if you, uh, it just really doesn't do justice to the job. And I think that's common without the, throughout the Commonwealth. Everybody refers to it as a city clerk. Do any other communities have a different title? Not that I'm aware of, but we, it, but you're right. It does. You brought it up last time I was on there. It doesn't, really, bring, doesn't really say what the job is, but that's what the title everyone goes by. Well, I, I just to, not to uh, rehash an old story, but uh, when you think about it, uh, the city has a controller or a treasurer, uh, the director of human resources, all all those titles give you a sense that that's a big job, and one job just takes in the money, the treasurer and the controller sends it out. That's And yet the city clerk does lots of different things at office. Well, it's funny you mention that because I ran into someone that I would think would be in the know a little bit, and uh, I was talking to him, and I hadn't seen him since I took this position. And it's a, it's a business owner downtown, and he happened to see my picture in the paper swearing in the city council on an ex- election night. And uh, when I was a counselor, I used to talk to him all the time, and I haven't seen him since. He asked me if the job was full-time. So, <laughs> so I said, yeah, it's, it's that plus. But. Well, anyway, the, uh, in fact, I, I wanted to spend a little bit of time before we get in, involved with the census. Exactly the city clerk's department in the city of Malden, as is true with other communities across the Commonwealth, Give us a little bit of a discussion about some of the other things involved in. I made some notes on uh, on the city clerk's office and uh, vital statistics. We keep in track of it. We we do the vital statistics, which is marriage certificates, death certificates, birth certificates. That's correct. And th- that entails more than just making. A, now you have at least a computer, which is a, which is a big help, I would think. But that's uh, for the information. But in years gone by, you'd have reasons why um, people would need a birth certificate, and they might be from years before. Then you'd, you would, you'd have to store them someplace in order to retrieve them in order to provide the information. Yeah, well, we, we actually get a lot, you know, a lot of people research their families. So now they, they don't only look for their, their own or their parents. They look at for the great-grandfathers, great-grandmothers. And sometimes we get requests from records that go back into the 1800s, which generally we have. Um, a lot of the records, uh, what we've, we've started doing, we actually have books in the office. Probably, The books are probably from 1900 roughly to now for birth certificates, marriage certificates, and death certificates. And then we have some stored off-site. But a lot of the, so, so, so what we were doing before, if someone came out and said they wanted a birth certificate, and you were born in 1960, say, for instance, we were actually, the, the, what we would give them is the long form with the seal and the raised signature. Um, but it looked like a copy, which it kind of was. But for certain, um, certain back to certain times, the state actually has a database that would have them. So we can actually birth certificates. I think we the state have the records. State has the records roughly around 1954, 55, up to that. So what we do now is you come in for a birth certificate for any of those years. We no longer copy it out of the book because of the wear and tear on the book binder, you know, putting it over a copier. It's actually a nice, clean copy, and it's, it's the kind you need. So the state actually actually has all these records, most of them as well. 
Um, not to not to rehash old history, but uh, when I was in office, I had an occasion to, to go in. I was trying to catch up on something on a Sunday afternoon, and the phone rang. And I was thinking to myself, who would be calling the, the mayor's office on a Sunday afternoon? So anyway, I picked the phone up, and it was a former resident of Malden whose daughter had gone on a trip to, uh, to Mallorca on a, on a college-sponsored uh, program, and she had gotten ill of some kind, and she was in a hospital. And the parent was going to fly over to be with her daughter, and she needed a birth certificate. And uh, to show you sometimes how things work, she was obviously time was of, of an essence. And so I tried to reach the city clerk at that time and didn't get an answer. And I called the assistant city clerk. And uh, she said uh, she was home and she came down, pulled out the records and provided it. And that was Julie Gilligan. That mm-hmm. was, and, uh, and so anyway. Um, we would do the same, by the way. But. You know, <laughs> but but the good thing is now what we've done, you know, uh, is is uh, starting about a month ago. We used to get requests from all over the country because, especially with the real IDs for licenses and things of that sort, other states are the same way. So you have to produce a birth certificate or a marriage certificate or whatever. People used to have to they'd call our office. They'd, they'd have to send something in writing, something brief, you know, with, with their name, their date, or whatever they're looking for, and send a stamped self-addressed envelope, mail it to us. We'd do the document the same day, send it back out. But there was a, you know, there was a, there was, there was, it was a time gap, and we get calls from all over the country looking for. Of course, for, for yeah. But now we're actually, if you go to cityofmalden.org on the city website, if you go to city clerk and then vital records, we can do everything online now. So you can order it online, it instantly get sent out that day, and just saves a lot. You no more stamped, self-addressed envelopes. Everything's everything's processed quick easy and sent out right away so it's very convenient now prior to that when you had the self uh, self-addressed envelope did you was there a fee to send that information out no the, well it's ten dollars for the for the record but yeah. we would you know so when you're giving us the stamped envelope we right. were just putting the putting the document back in your envelope with the new centers yeah. with the stamp and mailing out now there's a little bit of a fee because we we are actually paying for the postage and the person writing out the envelope but for just for convenience we we don't mind whatever that fee is to Oh, I you see. Know, okay. D- down the road, we may look to maybe increase the, the yeah. amount of a certificate yeah. to $12 yeah. or so. Another function that I wrote down was that um, as a city clerk, you, you preside over all of the city council meetings, other, the, other unless you're on vacation or away. And that takes up, city council takes up a lot of my time because not only you you have to do the meeting, but you set up the agendas for them, you organize the committees. You have to do the minutes, so it, it, it's it's time consuming on my part, um, you know. And if I if I can't do it, you know, for some reason, my assistant would do it, or you know, at least preside over the meeting. But there's a process. It's not just the night of. It's 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 getting to the point where it's the night of because we put the documents on the, their agendas, all the committee meetings that they have, and I mean, actually, what they've they've done is they've created a lot of committees. So it's not a handful of committees anymore. They could be. 25 to 30 committees now and now they're all trying to meet so we're you know my office I do ordinance and license committees and then Lisa Cagno who's the clerk to the the council she does all the others and um, so just coordinating that because a lot of times you can't have committee meet committees meeting at the same time because then you run into problem quorum problems so if you have five people on each committee you have to kind of look okay this one wants a committee this one wants, wants a meeting okay who's on there because sometimes there's there's overlapping of the committees that they sit on. So, um, but it's it's uh, it's something you get used to doing, and you you know you do the best you can with it. And uh, you know. And you also, of course, have to keep the, you're the record keeper. Well, yeah. So so we have a system that the city uses, Granicus, not to bore everybody, but all those records are kept in the Granicus. They they got they started using in two, 2016 roughly. So the record keeping of of those, uh, you know, the committee, the the council. Is has gotten a lot better because it, it's in the system that that it keeps track of everything that you've done, all the minutes, all the agendas, any attachments. You know, people send in public comment, we attach those. So it's it's a pretty good record keeping system. Yeah. One of the things that's not not as active recently because of the uh, virus issues was uh, when people um, 
require uh, or need to have a, a solicitation of funds, let's say uh, uh, the Salvation Army or the or the Pop Warner or the Lions or some of the other groups, they have to get a, a, a permit from your department in order to solicit out in public. They do, and I, I don't think a lot of, there's a lot of organizations probably going door to door. I know at my house I get, I always get, you know, people selling solar energy, people selling uh, national, you know, an alternative to national grid. You know, I don't see them really, they, by by city ordinance, they're supposed to come before, and whoever's doing the ordinance, it's a, it's a process, because it has to go to the police department, they have to do quarry checks. I think a lot of people may be out in the neighborhoods, whether it's Verizon and Comcast, Comcast they're always out in the neighborhoods trying to get you to switch. You know, technically, they're supposed to pull permits for that, and I, I think a lot of people, they probably bypass that part. There's some that do, and then we have, uh, you know, like the Lions standing in front of Stop and Shop. That no, come yeah, up. they haven't done it for two they years. They haven't done it, but you did yeah. it one time, you know, yeah. Pup Warner or those, those groups. Yeah. yeah, so all that requires pulling a permit from our office, and, you know, we do all the... Um, you know, it's not just you know the licenses we do. We all we do all the used car dealers, uh, we do outdoor parking lots, we do uh, pawnbrokers, we do secondhand uh, dealers, taxi cabs, ta- taxi uh, taxi drivers. Uh, you know, there's a whole host of other uh, uh, licenses that the city issue that we're responsible for that comes through our office. And some of them, some of them get detailed because uh, you know some of them need to get looked at. Some deal with quarries and things of that nature. Yeah. Um, do you have occasion where you do quarries on on uh, cab drivers? We do. Uh, do you have occasion, where, and that has to be approved by the council when it, they apply? It does. And it's a, even if they've been existing in place, is it a renewal period too? Well, there's a re- renewals, but it's not renewals. You have to do a quarry every year. Oh, you really do? Well, because things change. I mean, you could be a good guy last year and maybe okay, something yeah. happened in your life. The, the thing with I stress is the quarries is that we have the ability, I have the ability to do a quarry. And the, the only ones that see that quarry is, is, is me, and they get locked up. They're not, you know, when we do the application process, if you submit an application that involves a, a quarry, whether it's a dealer license or a taxi cab or a livery license, we do livery licenses, you know, that gets, that gets locked in my office, the quarry, when the application gets stored away where the public can see. Yeah. But no one gets to see the quarries. Yeah. It's, it's funny how uh, uh, people's attitude is, again, bringing up an old story. I was, on the, when I was a city councilor, there was a, an application for a truck cabbie license come, came before the uh, city council for approval, and, and um, the person had a bit of a checkered background, and uh, nothing recent, but he had some issues there with the court system prior, and whether the the council knew him personally or just was sympathetic to his situation. His rationale for supporting the license being issued was if you couldn't get a license as a cab driver, how are you going to get to work? Yeah, I've heard that. I've heard that. <laughs> I can, but they have to look at it. You know, so there, there are on occasions. I mean, I haven't seen, I've only been there a few, couple of years or so. But there, are, there has been an occasion when they, they've denied a license because the person's passed, which is, you know, that's what you're supposed to be doing. You're, you're asking for the information, so you can't just put the information aside. You have to use it to what you, you know, requested it. Yeah. And that's, uh, th- th- that, um, um, now, uh, people that work for, like, Air- Airbnb, they, they don't have to come to the... C- There's no Airbnbs. They're not legal. Airbnbs aren't legal in, Ma- in Malden. Oh, it's not? No. So if you're running an Airbnb, you're not supposed to be doing it. Oh, but okay, but they could go be somewhere else and bring someone to Malden, but they're not supposed no, to pick you, up. Oh, you see, you mean livery? Oh, you I'm mean, sorry, I'm talking yeah. about Ubers, uh, Uber drivers. Oh, I'm sorry, yeah, that's yeah. Right. Well, I mean, Uber drivers. We 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 only license the people that are in the that are in the city, right, right, right. In the city. Yeah, but there's no more Air, Airbnb in Malden. There never was. It was just never written. Uh, it was never clear the ordinance, but the council about six months or so ago made it clear they changed the ordinance so Airbnbs are not allowed in Malden. And do they enforce that, you know? They do, yeah, sure. Really? Because that's interesting because I, w- I would think people would still be doing it. No, they, they, they're very specific now. They, they changed the ordinance to read, you know, the short-term rental idea that they, they've specifically excluded it. Have many communities done that? That's um, interesting. I, I don't, I'm not sure. Oh, okay. All right. But we, we do about, you know, it, 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 the, um, there's all sorts of things that we do that, you know, there's uh, – that peep the probably the public doesn't realize it's just not keeping. That's the why that clerks doesn't make yeah. sense. <laughs> well, we'll leave it. We'll leave the title as it is now. We'll just try to, over time, maybe maybe change it. One other thing we haven't got to yet: marriages. 
Marriages, yes. You do yes. them too? I am a justice of the peace, yes. Right. and uh, goes with the job. Uh, do you have occasion where people, uh, they have people in attendance, so you'd have more than just the, the crying Yeah, they tend to be smaller. I, 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 by my position as a justice of peace, they only allow so many justice, the pieces per population in the community. So I don't think any are available in Malden. But when I became city clerk, one goes with the city clerk and doesn't count against the quota. My assistant, Patty Bucciri, is also just as a piece because if I'm not there, she she's a, she does the weddings. You know, I, I do them two days a week, Mondays and Wednesdays. It's a convenient thing, more, you know, for a lot of people. A lot of people, they, uh, you know, especially this past year, right, you couldn't get halls and that sort of thing. So people come in, get married, and they all, you know, most say that they'll, they're going to have to party later or, you know, for whatever reason, they they, they, uh, they decide they just want a simple ceremony. And, you know, I've, I've done probably the biggest most of the time, it's a handful of people that come with them. So it could be, including the bride and groom, it could be th- two or three, four others, you know. Uh, one, the big, probably the biggest one maybe was a dozen people. For the most part, they're, they're small. They're just people that want to come in, get, you know, to get the ceremony done, get the license, and uh, move on, and then uh, to do what they need to do. Well, if someone said, gee, uh, you, you, they contacted your office to arrange to get married, they said, could we do it at 3 o'clock Friday afternoon? Would that be... No, I wouldn't. We're closed anyways. I mean, <laughs> and, I, and I, I'm not looking, like I say, it's a convenient thing right. because the people do appreciate being able to go to City Hall without, you know, it's, they don't need to do a lot of planning. They can get married. So it's a, it's a convenient thing. I mean, I haven't, I haven't gone outside of City Hall, and if I ever did, you'd have to be a real good friend of mine because I'm not looking to do that. Yeah. But I don't Oh, mind. I see. It expands your... your there were 24-hour, seven-day-a-week option. No, I mean, I'm not looking. Yeah. You know, I, I do it as a convenience to people at City Hall. And like I say, we do it two days a week. Yeah, yeah. Elections. Elections, always fun. I look at elections different now. <laughs> well, <laughs> you got one, at least one every year. Well, I know, but I always, you know, when you're a participant or a voter and you look at, like, I love the elections. That's how we were brought up, right? You talk about yeah. politics and sports and that's local. Well, because you're place. Irish. But anyway, so you love you love elections, and, you know, I always enjoyed it. I, no matter whether I was in, in an election or not in it, I always enjoyed looking at the results. You try to put your own spin on it. You analyze it. But when you, when you start getting down to, to, you know, being responsible for the elections and organizing the elections with, you know, someone I got phenomenal in my office is Carolyn Disiderio, who's the assistant register of voters. She knows, the, uh, you know, the, the election laws inside and out. She, she you know, she, you know. But there is a lot to it, and people don't realize. You know, I think people, when they vote on Election Day, they think, the, you know, you roll in the booths. You vote in 10 minutes, you get your sticker, and you're gone. I said, but there's a process to this, what you need to do. And there's, that's why, you know, when people question the validity of elections, I have a hard time, uh, you know, really understanding why they would do that, about, you know, the, the checks and balances put in place. Uh, you know, so the idea that... a you know, elections are flawed. I'm not saying they're 100% perfect. Nothing is. But when people start questioning elections, which I think is the foundation what this country was built on, free and fair elections, I have a problem with it because I see it from the inside, what we need to do, what we're required to do from the state, how we run elections, the, the uh, all the safeguards put in place. But there's a lot to it, you know what I mean? So it's not just people, you know, going in and voting on election day. There's um, you know, you have to get the polling locations, which I'll be more than happy to talk to because, you know, we had to increase the polling locations. We have more precincts in the next election. So it's a lot of work to it. Right. Well, in a couple with the elections, you, you, the, the city or the town, is re, uh, clerk's office, is responsible for for the re, the campaign reporting form that candidates have to submit, which can be uh, there's several uh, uh, dates that they have to adhere to in terms of uh, providing information on money in and money out. And they do, but but ours actually changed this past census because the city council, if you run for city council, last year was actually the last year you need to file that reports with us because it's it's, it's a law that if you go over 65,000 people, you, you the, 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 the council, not the school committee, the council needs to file those uh, reports now with the, uh, the uh, Office of Finance with the state because Malden's now over 65,000 by the last census. All right, so you don't de- deal directly well, with Well, this is the first year. Sc- school committee? School committee, correct. And the, the, the mayor, as you would know, is that you, you don't file with the city, city clerk's office. Yeah. Um, 
So, but we still, we still, up until this year, we did. So there is dates, and again, Carol Ann does all that on her end, where she'll remind people, you know, do it in a, a, a you know, a nice way. Hey, look at you, you, you owe us the report, or and, and she'll actually go over the reports when we get them, make sure they're accurately, because a lot of times, you know, people m- may make mistakes of how they, comp- you know, they're filling it out. So she'll she'll steer them to, to you know, do it correctly, just so that the, when they file it, it will be properly filed. Well, there's and again, even within the report itself, uh, there's a limitation on how much cash you can give a candidate in a, in a year and over a certain amount. You have to have a check. I think it's over fifty dollars. Fifty dollars. Over, 50, dollars over fifty. Yeah, and that's and that's accumulative. So if you gave once to one event and you went to another event, if they total fifty the second event, you'd have to give by check instead of cash, and. Um, Obviously, you have to account for what you take in. You have to, if you spend it, you have to account for it. And sometimes, if you look back over the history of campaigns, not just locally but nationally and wherever, sometimes candidates, uh, uh, you know, have a different interpretation of what they can spend it on versus what the law allows. And and I we've talked about it. I mean, even even how people raise money has changed. Whereas before, you used to have a couple times you run for office, you have a couple times the local hall sell the twenty five dollar tickets. Whatever you're charging, you know, get as many people people as you can Friday night. Have a DJ or music, and you feed them. That's all changed. Those have gone by the wayside. Everything seems to be a fundraiser. It seems to be an hour or two. You know, forget the dance and forget the DJ. You know, it's kind of a quick hit. And um, you know, it's just you, the cost of campaigns are a lot of money now. And you know, you have to do it as efficiently as you can and try to raise the most you can with the shots you have. Yeah. So that's all changed too. Yeah. In fact, I found out uh, uh, this past year at the local level that um, there's a difference in terms of uh, your eligibility. Uh, um, I think at a state election, you're, you're required to, to, if you run from an office, let's say a state rep or a state senate seat, um, presumably even the other seats, that you have to be a registered voter in that district, if it's a district election, the year of January 1st. Right, and that that yeah, so that that's that's what kind of clouded the issue a little bit with the reprecinging this year because uh, we did the, the how we do things is that the the cities and towns would do their redistricting and then the the reps would take that and kind of do their own districts. But this year they changed that because they were running up on it because the fed the census was late with the numbers, so the the the, uh, the reps kind of went first on the cities and towns, which is the reason why we have three sub precincts. In our, you know, new new thing. We'll get to that. Yeah. Um, just to refresh, refresh people, they may not even be aware of it, but years ago when they did the census at the local level, on an annual basis, they would send something to the house that you'd fill out. They mail it to you, and then I think the system was that those people that were late and or delinquent or didn't return uh, the reforms then. Um, they might make a house call or make a. They had a, a people that work for the uh, clerk's department to, to make a contact that, on a face-to-face basis. This uh, is way back. Well, man, that would have had been way back because I don't even know how you do that. You yeah. know, they, you talk about who are the people, who's calling, who's going. And I know the the, the the census would go to door-to-door, but I don't know the city ever did. But I'm glad you brought that up because we're getting questions now with the annual census listing for the street listing which usually goes out in january and we're starting to get calls people think they missed it we haven't sent it out yet beca- oh good no we because haven't I, for- I thought maybe i forgot no, it no you didn't you <laughs> we're in the process of in order to send out that that the, the, to, in order to process the information when it gets back we have to know who who's you know six one five one a you know these new precincts in the state it hasn't updated their system yet, so we're able to give them the information. We're hoping that within the next week or two, or at least sometime in March, that we'll be able to send out that annual street listing because, you know, Marlin went through a lot of changes with their um, with their wards and precincts with the, with the with the uh, reprecincting that just happened. So it's taken some time for everyone to change it. Uh, like the city council just voted on the polling locations last Tuesday. We needed that information to get those polling locations because that's stuff. That's what we would put on that annual census list and to tell you where your new polling location as well. So we'll, sometime this this month, we should get that annual street listing out to people. The um, 
the thing is, and getting again touching on that, and to re- refresh people's memory, um, before this year, you had eight wards and two precincts in each ward. For the older residents or people that know a little bit of Marlow's history, at one time, some of the wards had, had as, many, as many four precincts. So there was, depending on the population of a ward, but for, for the longest time now, it's been eight wards and two precincts. With the census, as you just alluded to, it's now eight wards and three precincts. And three sub-precincts. So there's 27 instead of 16. Right. So now uh, 24. 27. There's an extra three sub-precincts for the rep districts. Oh, I didn't tell me. Explain that to me. I will, but can I give you a little what, how we got to where we were, and I'll, I'll explain the sub precincts. Well, I know how you got to twenty four. I didn't know about how to get to twenty seven. Yeah. So just so people know, so the the eight the eight wards, the two precincts. By law, is each precinct can't be over four thousand people, give or take five percent. Okay. So roughly that's 64,000 people under the eight wards, two precincts, 64,000 people. That's, that's what you're working with. Our census came back at 66,000 plus. So we no longer could have eight wards, two precincts because it, 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 it's over the 4,000 per precinct. So what we had to do was shrink the precincts. So we, we did it so there was eight wards, three precincts. And you kind of fit the numbers. So now the precincts, instead of 3,800, might be 27, 2,600 around there. You know, give or take, you know, again, the 5%. When the state reps did their redistricting, we would, the cities and towns couldn't change their districts. So their districts. So if you were a rep in Malden, we have three reps in Malden, um, you know, each, each part of their district. We couldn't change the streets in their district. So their district had to remain intact. That's a lazy way of doing it for them, right? Well, I'm, I, I can't get into that because I'm just going by the rules we had to live with. So what we did was, so say if you're Paul Donato and Steve uh, Steve Altrino, Rep Altrino, you share a couple districts, especially in 3 and 7. So in order to make that work down in 7 and 3 and still stick to what we had for the broken up, we had to make little sub-precincts for them so their streets didn't change. And then in Ward 5, which is Kate Gabadian district, she has 5-2, not 5-1, because that's Rep Altrino. She has 5-2. 5-2 originally was 4,000 people, you know, roughly for Kate and, and thing. Now we were shrinking the precinct. So part of the precinct, it didn't work. So we had to make sub-precincts to satisfy their streets not changing their streets. Uh so take take that one you just mentioned. The uh, the resident of a particular street um, at a at a city election, let's say if you talk about that 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 district, that would be a let's say a Forestdale area, which would be Forestdale School. Forestdale School. So for the city election, if you were in five two, um, or f- okay five two, you'd be. Voting at the Forestdale, you you are, but you may not be. It may may not. Be, that's the other thing that people. The, the next election is going to be confusing to people because I was always in five two, say on Huntley Street. By the new map, Huntley Street still five two. There could be a street three streets over that used to be five two, but that could be five one a. They'd still vote at the Forestdale. So the vote, the, the polling locations won't change for most people, but where they live, the precinct or sub-precinct number may come into play. Um, you you are what? What is your district now? If you had a... 7-2. You're still 7-2. Well, I didn't look. I, well, I'm, I'm telling you, because I, I looked at something before I left okay. to come on here, only because 7-2, but you're not going to vote at Suffolk, Suffolk Manor. You're going to be voting at the Salem one. Really? Yeah, for this election, yeah. Oh, interesting. Even though Suffolk Manor is right around the corner. But they have, and again, Suffolk Manor, as you know, it's a small polling location. Right. That's one of the smallest ones probably we have. Right. So I wish I had the map. I wish I brought the map, but it would have been too hot to bring Good. it down here. Well, say, save it for another day. Okay. Say, but but so, so in order, 7-2 where you are now, 
you can only vote, you, your 7-2 has to vote at something that, touching another precinct where the precinct, where the polling location is. So Suffolk Manor isn't in 7-2 in anymore. It's in 7, I'll tell you because it's on the sheet. So Suffolk Manor is in, Suffolk Manor is in 7-3 and 7-3A with the new makeup. So 7-3 and 7-3A had to vote at Suffolk Manor. Given the, the the amount of people there, it's let actually a hundred less people than voting now. But that's all you could fit in that polling location. So seven two actually is probably the one one place that will will do it at the Salem because seven two actually touches five one. So you can vote at the Salem which is five one. So seven two is one that you know we've talked to Councilor Simonelli. You know he's very he's, he he was. Concerned with this one, but he said what, there's a couple of options that could be available that you could vote on the other side of East Nav in the future. So for this election, because we had to get everything approved, we, you know, to, to go the process of getting the state to approve a polling location, there's a process to it. But we've talked about a couple of locations that could be possibilities in future elections that's, you know, more convenient to the 7-2 people. Yeah. Um, I remember, and, and you know, the, um, just adjusting sites for voting and areas, it's it's never going to please everybody. I recall years ago when they did a redistricting, uh, Main Street on the right-hand side going towards Melrose was 5-1. Across the street was Ward 4. And Oak Grove was just up the street, literally, where you, to vote. And what would have made sense is to have Five one area there rolled over to uh, Ward four, and therefore it would be more convenient for the people because otherwise they had to go to the Forestdale School to vote in five one, or the maybe Salem Towers, but wherever. Anyway, but the problem was the current council in Ward five lifted one of those streets off of Main yeah. Street, so the result was not for the benefit of the voters, but for the benefit of the incumbent. It turned out that. They left that area as part of Ward 5. The following election, and now Ward 5 went from Main Street on the right-hand side going up towards Melrose all the way over to uh, 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 near, Cherry, near Cherry Street, let's say, and uh, Willard Street. And the ironic what happened in the next election, there was an opponent to the incumbent, and he lived on Willard Street, and he ended up winning the election. So all of a sudden... The fact that they they convened the uh, the incumbent didn't really matter to, to the to the uh, except to the people that lived in that area. They had a they had to go all the way over across the ward, and it doesn't matter much except if it's a, if they if people are going to vote at six or seven o'clock and it's a rainy or November's cold. It makes a difference, and sometimes where you park, can park the car makes a difference. So again, in none of those that a factor like that, I can see that happen, and I think I know the situation you're talking about. That didn't really factor in any of this, right? But you know, it, it's I'm, I'm glad they only do this every ten years. You know, every ten years you have to look at your population where they are. So, I I thought the majority, the biggest po population difference would be down here in downtown because of the apartments. But it wasn't. It was in Linden, in in uh, Ward Eight, up because of Overlook. So what you do, what you did when we restarted redistricting, what we did was we started in Ward Eight because that's where we need, and just kind of moved. So what happened? So you kept you, Ward Eight gobbled up the, the amount of people that we could real quick and we had to stop. So that's why we, we actually got a new polling location at the Moose for the new 6-3. Which is going to be a convenient place. It's convenient. It's parking and but and But those are, those are hard to come by. Polling locations are hard to come by. And, you know, the Moose happened to be, you know, I contacted Henry DeRazio, more than accommodating. We had to go up there. We had to put handrails up on the, on the ramp uh, to meet the state requirement. It has to get approved by the state. But I think that's a good outcome for those residents in Ward 6 because the other two locations in Ward 6 is you had the Club 24, which is a small voting location, and you had 630 Salem Street, which you couldn't really put another precinct in there. So now you get three precincts in 6. So that was, that was a good outcome in Ward 6, you know, having the third location. But, you know, you look around and it's, you know, it's like Ward 2. There's three locations, there's three polling locations in Ward 2. You have 89 Pearl Street in the Irish-American. Where else are you going to have a polling location with the three precincts? 
you know, call Billy Hart at the IA. Again, the, the IA very accommodating. Billy, Billy, you know, committed the big hall so we could actually put two precincts in Ward 2 at the IA. You know, but if he said, no, we, we, we want you to stay in that small room, it wouldn't have worked. But, again, they were very accommodating. And, you know, we, we don't pay these local, you know, they kind of do it as a community ser service. It's not like they get paid for it. And, um, you well, know, that's interesting. Yeah, and, again, it's very, you know, it's good having partners like that. Yeah. Um, else you, you'd never. So now you go from 16 polling locations with the eight wards, two precincts, to 27. So, you know, we needed to double up, double up on a lot of places. And, um, you know. Or triple up. Or triple up. So the Fairway <laughs> School got someone else and got is now four precincts. But that's when you need to do, um, you know, maybe the uh, gym and the, uh, the cafeteria. But, you know, I, 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 was, I thought we had it straightened with the school that they would do a, um, you know, professional development day on the 6th. And I, I, I heard this morning that they voted the school calendar and they didn't have a professional development day. So that's something I'll have to. Contact the schools and see if we can we can change that because oh. because we really the schools are a, a huge partner in this thing, and sure. uh, and they don't want they don't want voting to go on in schools which I get when you know kids in schools around people coming in and out of the building I certainly understand that but you know again there's not you start looking for polling locations it isn't like you have a lot of options so the schools are uh, you know a big part of it yeah I came across a, 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 a over the years I've accumulated some things uh, that I think might be of interest to talk about and uh, one of the things is I came across an article that uh, talked about and this get this really gets gets involved with the uh, uh, the census and and that is that the Malden went through a period of time when actually the population was going down and uh, it w I think it was in um, between um, 80 and 90. And then, obviously, uh, there was a th – I think the drop was equal to what almost uh, the increase was this past 10 years. But the thing was, Marlon here was losing people, and, and, and probably some of it is attributed to the fact that the family size – there could have been as many family units, but the size of the families were smaller. Hmm. And so now you have a decrease in population – but now the reverse of that has happened. Now, we're, we're, for the first time, where you said it was 65,000? 66 and change. 66,000 and growing? Well, you know, you'd have to assume that that's what it, that, that's what it would look like. Do, do, you have, um, do you have any more big buildings that plan for the city? No, I, I think, the, I think the, the big buildings, uh, you know, you keep on saying where else they're going to put one, but you never know where, you know, where it could go, but... Yeah. I think the appetite for big business in the community, the big, big apartments, I should say, yeah. is probably is, is, there's not much appetite for it anymore. Yeah. So I think the city council and the people that run the government, you know, certainly understand where people are coming from on that. So we have 66,000 now, and um, um, this is this is dated back, I think, around 1980. I mean, I, I can't imagine, I you know... <laughs> I got the pay. I got somebody else's accumulation one time, so that's why my clutter doesn't go back that far. But anyway, um, the uh, it says here that there was a ten percent drop from fifty nine thousand to fifty three thousand in nineteen seventy. Now, of course, mm. that was some time ago, and then the following ten years there was a an increase. But one thing that was kind of interesting was officials expect the city population to stabilize around fifty thousand. That's why I never make predictions. Yeah, that's what. <laughs> that's before they put the high ride building in, I guess. But that's kind of interesting. So it's a long way from fifty thousand. Yeah, you know, and part of that, you know, with the polling locations. If I can just give a plug to this, because this is very important to, you know, me, Carol Ann, and other people in the, in the community, the mayor, is that you know, one of the one of the, when you ask about elections, one of the probably the biggest challenges we have is polling, uh, poll workers. And well, uh, I'm glad you brought that up because yeah, I, I, I forgot that for my list, but I, I, I was glad you because I tended extreme, to mention extreme that. Extreme challenge. It's a challenge where, so so you you the, 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 the you're supposed to have six per precinct. So if you're working off of uh, sixteen precincts, let's say ninety six workers. Um, so you think you're all set? You got them all straightened out, and you get uh, you know. 
12 sick calls, four no-shows, three, you know, you lose them in the course of the day. So it is a struggle, and it's it's not just Marlin as a community, it's, it's, it's other communities as well. So now we're going to 27 precincts. So you start doing the math. Is that that's another that's another 66 workers that we're going to have to you know uh, find. So, and one of the things Malden is is we're, we're trying and we're doing the best is bilingual poll workers. We need bilingual poll workers. Um, you know, it just it just be a huge asset on ele- asset on election day that if we had people that if people came in and didn't uh, you know understand the process or whatever, someone's there to help them. So. You know, we, we, we if you if you go on the city of org, there's a there's a site there to become a poll worker and right on it is if you speak, speak a second language, please tell us and we'll um you know, we'll certainly put you at the top of the pile. And then you have to train them too. So, you know, there's there's all these things that go on and you're not thinking about it for those that just go in a vote that you know, to run a to, to run an election there's there's these things that go on that you have to do it. Last year we actually increased the, the stipends for uh, the poll work is badly overdue, but we're also we're, we've, we've talked to the mayor and he is on board. I've gotten um, a dozen cities uh, around us what they what they are paying poll workers. It looks like there's a chance we're going to increase that again this year. Yeah. Um, so so that's what we're going to be looking at. I thought it was kind of uh, ironic that there's it, been an aggressive effort made in recent years to have a minimum wage of fifteen dollars an hour. And uh, I used to sometimes mention even on the show that uh, people would go to work as poll workers, and it's a long day. Mm-hmm. And uh, when you think about it, you start off with about 100 people that are needed that one day to just to deal with the election process. And, of course, in any given situation with 100 people, there's family emergencies, there's, uh, there's uh, unexpected illnesses, there's some, some other th- problem that occurs. And uh, the net effect is... You always have to be in a situation you have to be either flexible or have backup staffing. And now, but the point was that, that for the, if you add, if you've calculated it out, um, the city, is, uh, let's say, and I'm sure it's consistent across the Commonwealth, the cities would pay in the poll workers less than the minimum wage when they were telling the public, the private sector, you should be paying people $15 an hour, whether you worked at uh, Kelly's Roast Beef or you worked at McDonald's. Or whatever you did, and here it is: the city, in often cases, were paying a more, probably closer to ten dollars an hour than they were paying fifteen dollars an hour. It's, it's a stipend, not a wage, right? So you can get away with it. Is that how they get away no, with I it? I don't know. I don't know. But but listen. Oh, minimum we, wage was less than yeah, fifteen. Yeah, yeah, but listen, we 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 we're addressing it. You know, we we thought we addressed it last year, but then you give it what's happening in the, in the real world. They can't get people to work anywhere for twenty five dollars an hour. How are you going to get people to show up? So yeah, yeah. we're not going to pay twenty five dollars an hour, but we certainly want to make it. You know, yeah. and a lot of people we have a lot of long time poll workers. They've oh. been doing it for years. They enjoy it. It's a day out. They co mingle. They you know they have lunch together and um, you know it's, it's, it's besides uh, you know uh, you know providing the community with a service it's 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 a social day for them as well. You no, know, and I, in fact uh, I was I wanted to emphasize that uh, it, it's a it's an opportunity aside forgetting about the the day's pay you may which you can always find reasons to to, to, to use but that the, in a lot of instances particularly if you're if you happen to be a a, a a poll worker at the uh, area where your precinct is, you're oftentimes re- getting reacquainted with former neighbors or current neighbors or people that you haven't seen for a while. And you, the job is a little bit easier because you you have a head start when you walk when those people walk through the door because sometimes the spelling is difficult, sometimes the hearing is not all what it ought to be, and sometimes the, people sometimes change addresses in the in the uh, uh, still in the same precinct. So. Um, and it's a social time as much as it is a is yeah. a, a working day. And they and they you know there's a level of interest in different different elections too. So the presidential election 2020, more than enough poll workers. You know you had people that actually wanted to wanted to work. Oh, well, they day. did. Yeah, yeah. So we had plenty then. But then as you get down, you know, of course you got the state election next 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 year, and then this past city election it was harder to get people because there's less interest in the election. So. You know, for the presidential election, we, we, we got a lot of young applicants, you know, younger people that just, you know, because it was a presidential election, they wanted to be, you know, part of part of the process. And, and they were uh, off from school, I think. And, yeah, they are off from school. But now did they, sh- they didn't show up at the city elections, you know, the past election, because that's, that's, not, that's not an interest to them. Yeah, so, yeah. you know. 
Is, is there a minimum age to, to be a poll worker? I think it's 16. Oh, it's 16. Yeah. So you don't have to be at legal age to vote. And uh, uh, what, what are the sorts of issues that occur um, on voting day? Um, with with people that show up, uh, they go to the wrong precinct, or they you get some of that. They're uh, not they're not registered. You get some of that. You get oh, some. Of th- What's the difference between a non-registered or an inactive voter? Inactive, just if you didn't fill out the census or you didn't show up in the last year on a nomination paper. Because again, uh, you 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 sign people's nomination papers. That's recorded, so we know you're still around. You're oh, still I in Malden. You know, you send back the annual street listing, which you'll be getting, everybody. Uh, you know, we know you're still in Malden, still at that address. You don't fill that out. You don't sign a nomination paper. You know, you're inactive because we don't know where you are. I mean, there's, you know, there's a transient population, so we have to have some way of. And, and so when you show up at election day, if you're inactive, you just have to have, you know, show a license. You know, just say, okay, I still live at, uh, you know, 30 Huntley Street. You know, whatever they address. Oh, okay, you just didn't do it. Here, sign this form, and you sign it's a, it's a, it's an affidavit form that you do still still live at the city and. You know, you kind of tell them next time you get the annual street list and please fill it out. Um, yeah. Now, if, if someone moved um, after the first of the year and they had filled out the census information before they moved, and uh, would the city w- city wouldn't know they had not at that address, even though they, w- they still could be voting, they would be an eligible voter without notifying the city that they changed the address? So, so on city elections, you have to live in... The wherever you live the day of the election, that's where you vote. So if you lived in Malden and you moved to Danvers, say in February first, and in so it's wherever. So wherever you wake up in the morning on the primary, September sixth, where you live, that's where you have to vote. Um, on a on a state election or a federal election, they actually give you it six months. So you could actually, if you move from Malden to another location. You have kind of six months, and you can still vote in Malden. But what if you moved within Malden but not at the address you were the first of the year when your census was due, let's say, so that you lived in, you lived in, in um, Ward 4 in, in, uh, in when you filled out the, the census information, and then you bought a house in Maplewood, so that's Ward 6. But the city would have you down for Ward 4 unless you notified the city, right? Well, if you notify, but you, there's, um, yeah, so you, yeah, I mean, with, you have to notify us. I mean, how we, we, you right. know, we there's so much, uh, like I say, people moving around all the time. So, okay. But most people, they, t- they they do the right, they tend to do the right thing. If they yeah. if they move from a ward to a ward, they want to be voting in the, you know, the same ward as their neighbors, you know, the same council, the same as their neighbors are doing, you know. Um Again, it's 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 that's how you keep track of it with like the annual street listings and things of that nature, and um, so yeah, I mean so that's that's that. Um, but now there's more the the, dyna- the demographics of the community have changed dramatically in recent years. So I would think that may be one of the complications that occurs on election day. People go uh, there's a language barrier. Occasion there is there is, and, and and you know in Malden's changed so much. It isn't like you could say okay. This particular precinct has a has a high Asian population, where if you look around the city, there could be six or eight precincts you could say that about. Um, you know, so it's it's pretty spread out with a lot of the nationalities we have. You know, we have a huge Haitian, uh, you know, Haitian uh, population, Spanish population. Um, I can see just up my office the people that come in off the street, and they're they're Malden residents. It's so my office now is the last three high as I have. One speaks fluent uh, Spanish, one speaks five languages, uh, and then the, another one speaks uh, Mandarin and Cantonese. You know, just trying to service the purple, per, service the people that come up to your office. You know, and um, so you, you have the same issues on election days. And I would see that on early voting, because early voting, when the, you do the like the state and the federal elections, when you do the voting down the senior center, I would go down on weekends, and and you could see it. So that's why it was very important that you have have a, a person there on hand that speaks Cantonese, Cantonese or Mandarin, you know, or both, preferably, because you you can see if you if you went there and hung around for the six hours, you could see half a dozen, eight, ten times or whatever. The person is just so much helpful to people coming in through the process to yeah. explain things. Uh, do we are you able to get people who are bilingual to, on election day? 
We have some, but never, never the amount we want, whenever we hope for. So, you know, like I say, the presidential election, I think we had about 11, 12. Uh, this past election, we had eight, went down to five by the election yeah. time. So, you know, and, and, and you do the best you can with it. We outreach all the time. And, um, you know, so the, the idea is you don't need 27 uh, bilingual poll workers, but if you had one in each building, so if the ferryway... Uh, say has four precincts. You don't need four bilingual. You know, if if you had four, great. But if not, you could live with one because that one could kind of float around the four precincts. Uh, we also have that person in my office uh, that speaks Cantonese and uh, Mandarin. Uh, sh she's actually each each polling location. You'll see there's a sign. If you need help and you can't get it, they call my office and and and, and Crystal will walk them through it. So we always try to be accommodating. It's just we wish we had more bilingual poll workers. Yeah. Well, maybe with a head start, do some public uh, uh, promotion, uh, and and actually, I can I can see with young people, you know, when you think about it, it's a long day, and obviously people sometimes aren't in a position to do it that much. Say if they got young children or there's other things that are going on in their life. But on the other hand, there are people I'm sure that they they've never thought about it or they haven't really been aware of it, and they could say, gee, I could I would enjoy that to get down there and. I said, I know one of the things about Suffolk Manor was that one of the poor workers used to bake, bring in bakery items, and it was like a little social event for the day, and they mm. had a, they ate well. Mm. And in fact, I think one of the police people that was assigned that day to a polling place always wanted to go down to seven two because he he could already. Could enjoy himself with during the day, but he'd also have, eat well. Yeah, my John, John Cornell, my classmate, <laughs> yeah, right? A, I didn't bring up any names, but do uh, you have uh, some sometimes dealing with elections? You have people going to run for office. You find that when they they the first time they run, maybe they really don't know the rules, and therefore you have problems with people filing reports and getting signatures and and. Uh, oh, there's a lot of that. That's yeah. why Carolyn's great at that. I mean, the, yeah. most of the candidates will deal with her, and she, you know, there's a packet she sends out. Hey, you come in and take out the nomination papers. We just don't give you the papers. Yeah. We give you other stuff too that you need to look at. The, besides the campaign stuff, the do's and don'ts, yeah. and all that, just to try to help you through everything. Yeah. So. Yeah, I recall uh, um, um, not that many years ago, there was a very viable, popular person uh, going to run at large. It, it, it had already set up a website, and um, it, it was mounting a campaign and was going to work hard to get elected. And it turns out he didn't. He turned in enough signatures, but they they weren't all qualified, and he, he waited till the last minute. And the result was that by the time he became aware of it, it was too late to to because uh, there's a cutoff date that you have to turn the signatures in. And the result, you never get on the ballot. Yeah, that's why we encourage people: don't wait until you have all the signatures turned in. Turn turn them in dribs and drabs. I mean, we'll 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 um, certify them as they come in, and then you have a better idea where you're at. What yeah. you know, how many yeah. you need left. And and. Um, there's been some talk of maybe changing the format of the city school committee, but that's not nothing in the future. It's a charter change. They they they, they need to address the charter on that one. So there there is a charter, there is a charter committee set up uh, with the city council, and they're talking about starting the process of meeting. But you know, a couple of years ago they met and they they thought they had something um, uh, that was going to be in place because that's approved by the council. Then it goes into the state as a home rule petition. And uh, kind of fell through, so they're, they're, they're really starting from scratch again. So that that's a bit of a process. Yeah, I um, I don't see um, where the the school committee is as much of a um, force, so to speak, in terms of assisting the the the, sc the school educational process because you you would almost think at a by having a ward based school committee. You'd have people more connected into the schools because uh, for the uh, the profile of the typical uh, school committee person, we number one either they're in education by a, being a, a school teacher or a professional background in education, or their parents who are interested in the in the, in the school improvement. But it ends up that uh, sometimes it's happened that there's been uh, write-in candidates get elected, or even in this particular past election. There was a vacancy in Ward Four, and um, there was only one candidate 
that ran for mm-hmm. the open seat, and and you'd think it, with an open seat particularly there'd be more more interest. So that even suggests that people are very satisfied with what goes on in the schools, and I don't see why they would. You know, there's mm-hmm. always things that you can improve on education. Oh, uh, that they, 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 there's a lack of interest. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, um, I, I mean, I thought this past election was interesting for a city election because the amount of people that ran for council. You know, it was, it was, it was, uh, it's unusual that if you had eight ward seats, I think six were contested. You know, that, that's a lot. You know. But there were some open seats, so, well, yeah. Those, uh, there would have been, uh, uh, well, besides the at-large ones. So yeah. e- even like the ward seats, if you look, there was a somewhat a, a contestant in one, uh, uh, the three. I four, think the only one, uh, ward two was the only uncontested, yeah, one, wasn't it? Yeah, three, four, five, six was open, seven open. And eight, yeah. So it's yeah. just one, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, but it, in any event, um, if you want, if if the, anybody's listening to the show is planning a career in politics at the local level, and y- you're interested in the school community, how many signatures are, are is required to get on the ballot? Fifty. Fifty for a ward councilor, fifty for a school committee person, and then two hundred for a councilor at large. And if you if you had more ambitions at the state level, how many for state representative? One fifty. How many? One fifty. Well, that's still not that many. Uh, no. And, and state senator? Same, I think, isn't it? I think it's all 150, the it's states. One, yeah. yeah. Well, I think if you get that many, you, you're viable at yeah. all. Yeah, yeah. And uh, to, um, to, to your knowledge, uh, was anybody ruled off the ballot for uh, that you can think of in the times that you've been the city clerk? For not having enough signatures? Yes. No. No. But I've only been there a couple elections, though. Well... <laughs> one of the discouragements might be, I think, up in Ward Eight. Ward Eight, there was in the in the one election, maybe it was the primary last year. There was only three percent vote. It was the year before. The year before. Yeah, it was three percent. Well, yeah. last year in the city election it was only twenty, which for the amount of candidates running and for the effort that everyone th- said they were putting in, you know, you would you would have thought it was more because it, to me, it's the candidates that bring out the bring out the people voting. Yeah, and and. Um, but but I think in mentioning Ward Eight, I think you may get a better result with with the moose being the site for the for that area rather than having to come all the way down to uh, Salem Street. But that's six now, so that's six three. Yeah, but yeah. a lot of them are, would would have been previously eight. And if I could just tell tell anybody that they want to check to see where their their new warden precinct is, if you go to cityofmalden.org, go under City Clerk under Departments, then click on Voting in 2022. It's a map that's on there, the new map, and you can actually click on it and you can blow it up so you can see yeah, all the streets. Yeah. And uh, well, we might have you back again before the next fall when, when you really get down to the – because it's, it's, uh, it's a state election this year. It is. And uh, there is a contested election, and one of the uh, state rep seats, Paul Donato's got a, an opponent. I, I see in the paper he announced that he's seeking re-election, and um, – the the Melrose rep is only get one precinct, I think. Well, it's my five two, yeah. Yeah, you you've been gerrymandered out of a yard. I was gerrymandered out, <laughs> and I lost my chance to get us back in the Malden district because you can't change their streets. Yeah, that, <laughs> yeah, but that again is going back to what I mentioned about the 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 the, the Ward five candidate on 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 Main off of Main Street, the uh, the state. The state senators or the state reps, particularly, uh, they've they've done this for their own convenience, not for the betterment of the or the convenience of the public. They just right. want to make it easy for themselves. And actually, it's taken me ten years to get over that five two in the Mel's retreat, but I think I'm <laughs> over it now. Yeah. Well, then you don't you don't have to think too much further about it because you're out of the ballpark uh, for another ten years. That's right, I am. Anyway, yeah. so uh, it's been kind of. Uh, an educational process today. I think uh, if there's anything else that, that I missed that you might think is worth mentioning. I just think people ask people to go on the, the city of Malden, look at the map, and then poll, poll workers, bilingual poll workers. Yeah. We'd love to have you go on the site, too, just yeah, to yeah. put in an application. I think I'll open up an employment agency and see if I can get you some help. But anyway, I appreciate you being My here pleasure. today, and I think it's very informative and very interesting, and I hopefully it'll bring positive results and educate the people yeah. to – where they because they better check where they need to vote because there, there have been some changes. But yeah. hopefully, as I said, we'll have you back before the next the, the actual election. Great. Thank you for coming Thank you. down today. Thank you.